Hi there, my name is Linnea Sandval. My husband Tim and I are Awana missionaries, and we get to serve churches in Southern California, as well as in New Mexico and El Paso, Texas. In addition to that, I also get to teach the TNT kids in our own local Awana club each week. I love getting to teach these kids. It's exciting to watch them learn about God and to begin to build the foundation of their faith. And that's what we're going to talk about today is that teaching time, that large group time of an Awana club. Now, when an Awana club meets together, the time is usually divided into three segments. There's the game time, the small group time, and the large group time. And these segments will look different in every single club across the country because each church's situation, demographic, their leadership, their attendees, their parents and families, they're all unique. But the purpose and intent of each segment is going to be the same. So let's walk through those. The first one is game time. This is the time that's meant to be fun and exciting. Anything that helps kids get the wiggles out, get their energy out, and also have the opportunity to build relationships. Small group time is that time that's designed for leaders to focus on intentional and relational discipleship with a smaller group of kids. And finally, there's large group. And this is what we're going to spend the rest of our time together focusing on. Large group time is that teaching time that helps kids learn and understand God's truth from scripture. These lessons are intentional and they are tied directly to the kids' handbooks. With the exception of Sparks, every club is designed to be done using the all-together method. That means that each week, each kid is on the same section, learning the same truth, and memorizing the same verse. Now, we know that not every church is using the all-together method, but that is how it's designed, and so that's how I'm going to talk through it today. What is taught in large group is reinforced in the small group time and vice versa. And the entire night should be focused on that one section and that one topic. Now, let's think through the large group time for a second. If we preach at kids for 20 or 30 minutes and never help them relate the biblical truth to their own life, we are missing an important and key opportunity of our discipleship. Of course, true transformation happens by the power of the Holy Spirit, but as the teachers, we have the privilege and the responsibility and the opportunity to help kids take that head knowledge they're learning and turn it into heart transformation for their lives. One of the ways that large group teachers can do that is by helping them understand the week's memory verse. Filling our heads with words that we don't understand misses the heart behind why we memorize scripture. We want kids to know what unfamiliar words mean in the context of the verse. For that matter, we want kids to know how to pronounce the words in the verse and the names of the books of the Bible as they give the reference. As a large group teacher, we don't want to fill kids' heads with knowledge without understanding what it is that they're learning. Now, this will look different at every age group from Puggles all the way through Journey. But large group time is an opportunity to help kids think through how to apply the truths they're learning about God to their own personal life, their life experiences, their cultural situations. How can they make it real in their own life? With a culture and a world that wants to speak untruth into our kids, large group time is vital to helping kids grow in their relationship with God. 
that's the heart behind what large group time is and what it's designed to accomplish. But now I know in the craziness of club, sometimes we need some practical ideas or tools to help us be successful as large group leaders. So I'm going to go through just seven general tips to help you in your large group time. This list is far from exhaustive and only begins to scratch the surface, but they're good reminders for everyone, including myself, as I prepare to teach tonight. Number one, set up your expectations the very first time you meet together and then revisit them throughout the year. Now, if you haven't done that yet, that's okay. You're in the middle of the year. Do it the next time you're together. But kids need to know their boundaries. They need to know what's expected of them. So for example, I have three things that are general and then I talk through them specifically with the kids every year. Those three things are respect God, respect the Bible, and respect others. Now, you may also want to cover just practical things like, are you going to allow the kids to go to the bathroom during large group time? Where are the kids going to sit? What is the signal for kids to stop talking and to start listening? All of those things are expectations that the kids need to know. Number two, encourage your leaders to sit in among the kids. This is huge. This helps with behavior issues that come up. A hand on the shoulder of a chatty kid is a gentle reminder for them to start paying attention. It comes across much better than a teacher calling a kid out from the stage or from the front of the room. If leaders are gathered in the back of the room talking to each other, maintaining classroom control is a lot more difficult for the teacher, especially with larger groups. Number three, set up your room to minimize distractions. How are you going to have the kids sit? Are they on the floor? Are they in chairs? Are they at tables? Maybe you want the kids to bring their Bibles every week to look up the verses as you go through your lesson. Whatever you want them to have, just keep in mind, keep it to the minimum because the more they have with them, the more distracted they're going to be because they'll start fiddling and playing with whatever they have. Maybe you can have them store their Bible under their chair when they're not using it. This is not the time for the kids to bring their whole bag with them with all the toys that they brought that they want to share. Keep in mind how you can minimize distractions. Number four. This too is also super important. Be patient with kids who have extra energy. Kids aren't built for a 30-minute expository sermon. This is why it's a good idea to begin large group time with some kind of worship time. It doesn't need to be anything fancy. There are so many videos online that you could use to lead this time together. But starting with worship not only helps us to focus the time on God, but it also helps kids move around before they're expected to just sit and be quiet and listen. Now, there are some kids who need to draw or fiddle with something in their hands to help them to focus. And if you have a kid like that, let them do that. Please let them do that. Don't let kids take advantage of this, but we need to meet kids where they're at and not expect them to be somebody that they cannot physically be. Remember, not every perceived misbehavior needs a huge consequence. Sometimes a wiggly kid just needs a gentle reminder. Maybe they just need a chance to stand up and sit down for a second. Take the time to help those kids who have the extra energy so that they can listen and pay attention and learn something new about God. 
Number five, be as interactive and fun as possible. Ask questions to keep those kids engaged. You can call on kids to answer questions or you can have them pair up to answer the questions together. Be creative in how you do that, but be interactive and let them talk and and be a part of the lesson. Have volunteers get involved and come up and be part of the object lessons. And keep in mind that we all have kids that we know will give the right answer almost every time. And it'd be easy to call on those kids all of the time, but it's important to remember to involve as many different kids as possible each week. Every week, I hear myself saying, I want someone who has not answered yet to answer the next question. We want to involve every kid, not just those ones that feel like they have the right answer every time. Number six, get to know the kids outside of large group time. It is so much easier for kids to relate to you and listen to you and want to be engaged if you have a relationship with them beyond just a talking head who talks at them for 20 or 30 minutes and then calls them out when they aren't paying attention. Build a relationship with your kids. Greet them when they come in the room. Call them by name. And if it's hard for you to remember, depend on those name tags that you probably use in club. Join them during their worship time. Have fun with them. Just get to know them. They want a relationship with you. And if you have a relationship with them, they are more apt to listen to you and engage with your lesson. Number seven, keep lessons age appropriate. We cannot treat kids like they are 40-year-old mature Christians in their faith. They aren't. Some may seem very mature, but they're still kids. And they don't have the mental or emotional maturity or life experience to process some of the more complicated or complex topics in scripture. So we need to simplify some of those things while still keeping them true to what God's word says. Now, having said that, kids often can comprehend more than we think they can. One reason I love teaching third and fourth graders is because they're beginning to have real conversations about faith and they ask really good questions. We have to find that balance and adjust our lessons to be appropriate for the group that we teach. And speaking of being age appropriate, Awana has done a great job of creating resources for large group leaders for every age group. From Puggles through Journey, there are large group guides that are available in the Awana store that give overviews, creative ideas, planning tips, and practical applications for each lesson. If you have more questions about what a large group can look like for your unique ministry, there are resources that you can look at today. First, there's a self-paced training online that you can access at awanabasics.awana.org. This is available for free to any church who has an Awana membership. All you need to log in is a My Awana account. And secondly, if you have any questions about anything Awana-related, you can always contact your local missionary. If you don't know who they are, you can find out by going to awana.org or clicking on the link in the show notes. Thanks for joining me today and for loving kids and investing in the future leaders of the church. I'm praying for you as you do your large group time, and I know that God is going to use it and bless it and help you to be everything you need to be for those kids. Thanks for listening to the Awana Clubs podcast. The Awana Clubs podcast is a product of Awana Audio, all rights reserved. 
Check out the show notes wherever you're listening for more details about what was discussed in this episode, as well as more information about today's host and their ministry. Our theme song is Jackpot by Made to Be from their album, You Know a Better Way. You also heard their song Throne from their album, Save Me From Myself. The podcast is executive produced by Tim Sandoval and technical support is provided by Ross Cochran. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.